Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasova, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news paper since 1971. Bonus time of the Ben Drosky Show as I speak. It is Thursday, May 18th, 2023. Man, how did I pull that date out of my head? <laughs> Dates are usually the first thing that go as you get old. You can't remember what date it is. Uh, to give you an idea of what's going on in the news, this is a story that just broke in the New York Times. I'm reading it off my phone, showing my distinguished guests how enlightened and millennial-like I am. I'm reading stories on my phone as opposed to show the distinguished guests, Exhibit A, a newspaper. My distinguished guest is really impressed that I have newspapers. Uh, this story broke uh, today's New York Times. This delights me on many levels, and I could dedicate a whole show to this, but I, I'll just sum it up. Disney pulls plug on $1 billion development in Florida. Subhead on this New York Times story, a new office complex and relocation of a division from California could have created more than 2,000 jobs, but was scuttled as the company and Governor Ron DeSantis continue to feud. All right, I'll boil it all down. We've talked about this in other ways. Ron DeSantis is having a feud with Disney. Uh, Disney objected to some of the language that DeSantis had in a law regarding don't tell gay uh, enact, uh, pro- prohibitions for public school teachers. Uh, Ron DeSantis said they were woke corporation and they should mind their own business. Uh, and then there's been a war of words and lawsuits ever since. Uh, and now I didn't even know about this, but Disney apparently had this mega deal uh, to uh, build an office complex in Florida. Uh, and they said, that's it. We're not building the office complex. That'll teach you, Ron DeSantis. And I got, like, torn about this. I'm like, on one hand, you know, the I cannot stand the policies of Ron DeSantis. So I'm like, yeah. My reflective accent is, yeah, good going. Way to teach him, Disney. And then I'm reading the article. <laughs> and they was like, Disney was reluctant to pull the plug, even though they're in this war of words with DeSantis, because here we go. This part's buried in the story. This part always gets buried in the story. They get $570 million of tax credits from the state of Florida to move, 
<laughs> to move their corporate headquarters. I'm like, hello, why does a gazillion dollar corporation need $570 million worth of tax credits to move to Florida? If Florida is such a great place and they already have a low uh, tax rate, so you're going to save money. Why do you need to be induced to go? to go there you know and 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 meanwhile like desantis is now saying well uh you know you keep messing with us we're going to take away all your tax credits and i'm like hey wait a minute why'd you give them tax credits in the first place if you're just going to pull them i mean either they need the tax credits or they wouldn't come or they need the tax credits or they wouldn't be able to afford to build the freaking thing or i don't know it's just some kind of inside deal that you giving them the tax credits just because, I don't know, they scratch your back, you scratch theirs? We had a very similar situation right here in the city of Chicago, state of Illinois, about, I've lost track of time, I want to say it was five years ago, when Mayor Rahm, you remember him, and Governor Bruce Rauner, you remember him, uh, tag team to offer Amazon untold billions of dollars to move their office corporation to the city of Chicago, even offered them prime real estate location. There were like five people who were against it. I was one of them. <laughs> I was writing one column after another, bashing the deal. I was on the air, Mike, bashing the deal. I think my distinguished guest may have joined me in bashing it. I can't remember. The point is, like, they they wouldn't reveal any of the specifics. This gets to the heart of what I'm going to talk about with my distinguished guest. Rom and uh, Rauner had to sign non-disclosure agreements with Amazon where they weren't allowed to tell the public how much money they were offering Amazon to get Amazon to come here. I'm like, how is that legal? How is that freaking legal? Like, it, you, don't you need the public's approval before you give away public money? And how can the public make a decision on whether they want to give away money if they don't, how much mo- if they don't know how much money they're giving away? And this is like so many private public deals that I've watched over the last 20 years in the city of Chicago. Go to parking meter deal. Mick Dumkey and I FOIA'd all the, got to give Mick, Mick did all the heavy FOIA work. Mick and I FOIA'd all the, um, I, I just tagged along for that one. Mick FOIA'd all the info that they had on, on like the behind the scenes uh, analysis that would justify giving, uh, selling this uh, $10 billion asset for $1 billion. And it was like nothing. It was like a couple of pieces of paper that came back, which either meant, one, they were hiding all the good stuff, even though we FOIA'd and we're supposed to follow the FOIA law, or two, there was no good stuff. It was idiocy. It was just a handout. I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that Ron DeSantis cooked up a deal or whatever governor was in charge cooked up a deal. I think it was DeSantis with Disney without any justification for that $570 million. And if I was a reporter in Florida, I'd be calling my distinguished guest or his equivalent in the state of Florida go, hey, attorney, fill in the blank, help me file a FOIA request to see why the state of Florida is giving $570 million in tax credits to Disney. And I'm sure that will not, I'm sure that FOIA request will not go down because everybody's concentrating on the culture wars between DeSantis uh, and Disney. All right. Enough on that subject. Without further ado, I'm going to ask my distinguished guest to introduce himself, and we're going to take a deep dive on FOIA. Distinguished guest, introduce yourself. Hello, uh, I'm Matt Topic. I'm a lawyer at Lovey and Lovey in Chicago, uh, and I'm a veteran of probably five or six hundred Freedom of Information Act cases. He's Mr. FOIA lawyer, uh, ladies and gentlemen, in the city of Chicago, and I got to get this out hot. He's he's my lawyer. 
I've employed him. Okay, he's my lawyer. Uh, I have a FOIA request right now uh, with the FBI, and Matt has dutifully filed that one. And uh, oh my God, I'll talk about that later. I'm going to write about it, talk about it, whatever the information comes in. Uh, but I love this man to death. Matt uh, he is a really, we don't see eye to eye a lot of politics. Matt's a little more libertarian than I am. Uh, but we do see eye to eye on FOIA law. So, uh, Matt, thank you. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, you wrote an essay uh, that I'm not sure it was published anywhere, but you so kindly sent it to me. Uh, and it is an essay about Mayor Lori Lightfoot's record uh, on this in terms of public documents. And um, she promised she was going to be a reformer. She promised she was going to let in the light. Uh, I recall the previous mayor, Rahm Emanuel, promised to be the most transparent mayor the city of Chicago has ever seen. Matt, uh, we'll hold off on anal- analyzing Rahm. That's ancient history to some degree. Let's talk about Lori Lightfoot's uh, record uh, in this area. Go ahead. Just start with the general. Well, I, I kind of want to talk for one second about Rahm, though, because I think he was the most transparent mayor that the city of Chicago ever saw because your baseline was like daily. Right. I mean, well, I shouldn't say that I, I, Harold, I think was, was pretty good. So, uh, so that's right. He's better than the one before. Uh, so yeah, let in the, let's start with there. I mean, let in the light, um, pretty clearly just meant let in the light foot. It didn't really mean what we thought. And I'll bet, I'll bet if really pushed, she'd probably say that. She's like, well, that's not what I said. You're misquoting me. I didn't say let in the light, meaning like transparency. My name is Lightfoot. I was talking about myself. And you all need to quit picking on me and putting words in my mouth. Uh, there would probably be some angry finger pointing as, you know, is part of all that. And that is pretty much what her administration's attitude was to transparency laws. It was abysmal. It was terrible. There was no effort made to make anything better. There were um, more lawsuits than there were against Rom. There were sanctions. I mean, it was just a, it was a disaster. It was a complete and utter disaster. They, there was low hanging fruit that easily could have been done. I mean, there wasn't even an effort to do some of those like stupid little things that like sound somewhat transparent, but are really just whatever the government officials decide they want to like put on a website like oh we have this great new transparency website that has this cleaned up data that we've presented in the way that we want to present it to you um as opposed to you know like the real actual underlying data they i mean they didn't even do any of that stuff and i i was i mean i was on a transition committee and i i didn't vouch for the mayor didn't support the mayor didn't lobby for the mayor didn't didn't campaign for the mayor it was purely they reached out to me and I think recognized that I have quite a bit of experience in this area and asked me to be on a good government transition committee. And I did that. <laughs> Mostly those th- the things largely seem to be a photo op. I'm like, I don't want to be in your picture. I'm not going to be in your picture. You all go ahead and take your picture. I'm going to stand over here on the side. Um, but I put a lot of thought into like, OK, if you were going to really make like the most transparent city in America, what would that look like? And drafted a memo with a lot of recommendations. And, and I mean, the key th- theme to it really was you have to stop thinking about how do I comply with the law? And you need to start saying, 
do I, is it really in the best interest of the public to withhold this information? Cause there's a whole lot of stuff where there's like technical arguments where yes, you can withhold something, but it's not really in the public interest to withhold it. And there's nothing that says that you can't release it. So you should be releasing it. So I, I wrote up a nice fancy memo and uh, I sent it in and it just, nothing happened. I mean, nothing. I never heard anything more that there was talks about, they had about, you know, bringing together stakeholders and journalists. I mean, it, just more broadly, like trying to improve upon Rom's somewhat confrontational, rep, you know, um, relationship with the press. Uh, but I mean, none of that, none of that stuff happened. So. All right. First of all, I know why uh, she should put you on that uh, trans commi- transition committee. Uh, she would not be mayor if it wasn't for the lawsuit that you uh, filed or uh, led in. To, to get the Laquan McDonald video released. So let's just deal with that right up front, in my humble opinion. Uh, that was when that judge ordered the Rahm Emanuel's administration to release the video of Laquan McDonald uh, being shot, which the city had concealed. Uh, when, when that judge ordered that, that changed Chicago politics. It changed Cook County politics. We could, you know, uh, Kim Fox was essentially elected out of that release. Uh, Lori Lightfoot was elected out of that release. And Rahm, uh, well, ultimately decided, in my humble opinion, this is me. Uh, you could FOIA for my thoughts on this if you want. Uh, I believe that uh, Rahm decided not to run for election uh, in, in large degree because of the uh, opposition uh, that him that surfaced because he resisted. So, uh, I mean, remember, remember when he was like persona non grata at the uh, the Democratic National Convention for, for in Hillary's? I mean, he was like nothing, right? I mean. The, <laughs> I mean, and then now he's, what is he, ambassador to Japan? I mean, a very important job. But I mean, this is for somebody who I'm sure had his eye on like transportation secretary or, you know, something cabinet yeah. level. So, yeah. So that's a good. I think that I think I'll accept that praise. Yeah. I, I think that's and, and that, it's not like that's that's how I do what I do. I'm not like out headhunting for government officials. They just kind of put their head down. <laughs> Well, stump. Well, the axe is in the air. Well, that is an instance, and I've said this to you before. I've, I've made this argument many, many times. Um, I personally, and I know you're a lawyer, you could probably come up with an instance that'll challenge me in this. I can't think of a uh, a reason why government ever withholds any information. I mean, I'm pretty libertarian about this. I I've done stories, you know, down through the years about the fights that reporters have or citizens have with various administrations, Arne Duncan at the schools, Rahm Emanuel as mayor, Mayor Daly as mayor, uh, and uh, Lori Lightfoot as mayor. And I never see a leg- what I can consider a legitimate reason for them concealing the information to begin with, other than they're just being, I don't know, jerks. You know? That's not a legitimate reason, by the way. Go ahead. I mean... Your social security number exists in various government records, right? So you wouldn't want that released. Um, you know, th- there's so there there are legitimate reasons for things to be withheld, but the the problem is that that's rarely what the reason is, and those are the easy cases. Like you nobody's going to go that. I mean, come on, yeah, nobody's going to go sue for Ben's social but security. You can redact number. my social security number on a document right. where it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's other, but there's other things that are like, it's only their own interest. There's this thing called the deliberative process exemption. And, and, and if pe- people who are uninitiated to 
government transparency stuff typically find this to be like mind blowing because it, because it sounds like the kind of thing that like, if there's anything I should have access to, this is what I should have access to. And it says that when government officials are deliberating amongst themselves about some decision that they haven't yet made, all that stuff is exempt. So they get to basically, you get to know what they decided and, and you get to know whatever the final rationale was they decide to give you, but you don't get to know all the back and forth that went into it. And it, it's very counterintuitive. I, I, there's a lot of people who think it should go away and I would agree with them. Um, but that's the kind of thing that gets like anything that they just don't want you to have. That's just what they throw at it. And they lose it very often. Speaking of DeSantis or Florida, Florida actually got rid of that exemption like a bunch of years ago. Florida is generally considered to have one of the best transparency laws. And, and to be honest, Illinois has a, a, a terrific law. It, it just doesn't get followed, but it, it has provisions that allow you to very easily go to court and enforce it. It says that if you have to sue the city or anybody else to get your records and you win, then the city has to pay your legal fees, which lets me, you know, I mean, you're a millionaire, Ben, so it's no big <laughs> deal. But for other people that don't have that kind of money, I don't have to even charge them anything. And, th- and that's that's great. That's how it's supposed to be. So that's what we, that's the, 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 at the end of the day, government officials are going to violate these laws, no matter what you write. And when people get very like, well, we need to change this. We need to change that. Like, that's great. We can change it, but I can promise you, they're not going to follow that either. So the most important thing is you got to be able to enforce the law. And if you, if you didn't have the ability to make the government pay your fees, when you win your case, Rom would have been elected to his third term because w- I never would have been able to take the the, the quantity. I mean, maybe I mean, we could take some cases pro bono, but yeah, you know, the vast majority of I mean, newsflash like the news business is not rolling around in tons of money right now. So, uh, anyway, so, stop me because no, no, you're absolutely correct. Uh, and don't get me started uh, on every time they talk about tort reform. Uh, it's really an effort to give an advantage to uh, corporations over uh, individuals because uh, most personal injury lawyers make their money off the like the percent they get of of the winning. If you cap that, uh, you, t- you deter them, you take away the incentive uh, for them filing the case in the first place. Uh, Which is the exact reason why they're folks are trying to do tort. I mean that that's the that's by design. Yeah, and try we to not make call it, it hard tort for reform. We should call it tort deform because that's what it is. All right. <laughs> didn't mean to go down. Did you there. make that did you just make that yes, up? Yes, literally that, just popped I up. Like it. That's good. Right, let's I I uh I got I gotta deal with this. This essay you wrote, this thing just like blew my mind when I read this. And I just would like you to take a little deep dive in this. This is some of the insanity and absurdity uh they got they hire lawyers pay with your dollars ladies and gentlemen to make these arguments um so uh i'm reading this uh her administration inherited a case in which the Emanuel administration had partially denied a better government association request for records about lead in the water children drink at cps schools claiming that transparency laws do not apply when public officials discuss business on their private email accounts. Utterly absurd uh, <laughs> argument to make, since then that just encouraged them to uh, have email exchanges on their private accounts uh, so that they can conceal information that the public should see. And uh, also enables them to conceal from the public like really important and valuable information, like 
is the water <laughs> going to kill me? So just you got to help me here, Matt. Like, why would they utter such an absurdity? Why would they come up with such a, like a ridiculous argument to justify not telling the public something that the public should know about for health reasons? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, there's this sort of adage that we have in this little corner of the world um, that says if public officials were inclined to be transparent, we wouldn't need a law that makes them be transparent. Like it's just it's the nature of things that that public officials, maybe all humans for that matter, like they're not super inclined to let people go nosing around their business. Right. They, they would just as soon like not have to be scrutinized. And so you could understand why there'd be a temptation to have a rule that says that you you if you're if you're on your private email account, it's not part of FOIA. And then you could just do whatever you want there instead of on your public account where people can see what you're up to. You know, the arguments they tried to make were more about like, oh, what about the poor school teacher? Now we're going to or that you you mean that the school teacher is going to have to turn over their law, their Gmail login credentials to CPS so they can go rummaging around for any emails that might've been mentioning something about city business. And, and that's not what the rule is. I mean, to, 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 to skip ahead, what the court said was that when public officials are communicating you about things that are within the scope of their job duties to be communicating about, then those are public records, regardless of which email account they choose to use for that. So this was all about protecting mayor's office people and political appointee people. It had nothing to do with cops and firefighters and teachers. But of course, that's what they sort of argued. And I mean, it, it was just it's bad policy. I mean, but it's it also was just pretty stupid because no court had ever like, I think once a California court accepted that argument and then the higher court, like, reversed it. So, it, I mean, it was every state that addressed this said, of course, you cannot evade FOIA by just using a private email account. And the federal courts said the same thing. So it was just it was just dumb. It, they were never going to win. It was also dumb politics. Like, why? What? Why are you arguing for that? Is it you? It's important to you that you be able to like use your Gmail account to be like messing around with stuff. Rom, Rom had already lost the case on this, but it, like it, it, it was there was settlement. It wasn't on appeal, so th there was sort of room for the city to try to re-argue it again. But like, but, but why? And, and it was also stuff that the emails were not even from her administration; they were from Rom's administration. Like, what's the incentive? What do you care? I mean, is it is the idea just paying it forward? Like, I, I I'm going to do a solid to the last mayor in hopes that the next one, maybe that's pay it backwards, but you know, that 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 the, the next one will protect me as well. I mean, I see that this. By the way, this is like I see this in federal FOIA. I do a lot of federal FOIA. The, the Biden administration is there's all kinds of cases where they're fighting to keep things secret from the from the um, from the Trump administration era because it transcends politics. In parties, it is just uh, in uh, in all honesty, n neither party is really better than the other on any of this. It, you, you take this private email issue; it goes. It, it, it happened in the Bush administration. They were using they were using Republican National Committee email addresses to do public business, and that was sort of early in the 
email era. Uh, and then you had, I mean, obviously you had Hillary, as we all know. Um, and then you had, uh, I forget which, I think it was Navarro in the, in the Trump administration. And I think some others maybe as well. So, you know, it just, there you go. You got like what 20 years worth right there. I mean, it's so anyway, that was early in, in, in um, Mayor Lightfoot's tenure. Like they inherited that case. They could have easily said, we're going to let in the light. We're not going to, we're, we do not think that public officials should be allowed to use these private accounts to do public business. And so we're just going to, we're, we're not going to fight any further. Like we won at the trial court. They took the appeal. Um, and then, you know, they had every opportunity and instead they had, you know, taxpayer funded lawyers. I mean, they were on the city payroll. I'm sure there's other things they could have been doing instead. Spend quite a bit of time arguing something that no court had ever accepted in furtherance of a goal that's totally anti-transparent and that politically had really no, there's no reason for it. So, I mean, there you go. The writing was on the wall right away at that point. And it just got so ultimately, uh, the courts ruled in your client, your client's favor. Am I correct with this? Correct. Okay. And so what I, I missed the, the, um, the final story. Did, was there anything revealed once the city turned over the documents that they've been resisting turning over? I don't think so. Um, it might've even been that there, that it turned out there weren't any, like they were saying they don't even have to go ask. That's I mean, a good point. Here. Like that really was all we were saying is, you have to ask them, right? You don't have to go get their credentials and go see if it's true or not. If they, if they, and this is just how FOIA typically works. Like if, if they say that they looked and there isn't anything and they're willing to put that in a declaration under penalty of perjury, the case is over unless I've got some evidence to the contrary showing that they're lying. So it's, it's, it, it really was, that was all the case about was, do they have to go ask these people, do you have any? Uh, and uh, by the way, do you have any estimation of how much that cost uh, the taxpayers, this one particular case, of the resistance that the Lightfoot gave? Do you have any idea how much was spent? Well, and recall that then they also have to pay our fees um, because that's what the law says. Um, I would estimate, I mean, all in, easily, I don't know, maybe $150,000 worth. So how many how many teachers does that get you? Two, probably two a year, something like that. Yeah, but it's not, it's, it isn't theirs, right? It's not, it's, they get to use our tax dollars to fight against giving us our records. And that's, I mean, that's just how it is. There's, they're not going to be able to change that. That's always going to be part of it. This is a, you know, this is not a war that gets won. This is a, this is just a slog, like day in and day out. And, you know, so be it. That's what so this is another sentence from your essay that you wrote. Love you to take a deeper dive into it. Uh, the Lightfoot administration regularly withholds information from the public, and its track record in defending itself in court is abysmal. In over 85% of FOIA cases I've filed in the last two years, either a court ordered information release or the city didn't even try to fight once it was sues, sued. Courts have even sanctioned the city repeatedly for violating court orders and rules, resulting in cost to taxpayers and delayed transparency in violation of the state's clear command on FOIA law sanctioning the city, 85% of FOIA cases they lost, wow, uh, and sanctioning the city. 
Take a deep dive. Explain to people what it means when you say sanctioning the city. That means that either there was there was some court rule that they didn't follow, or even there was an order from a court that said you you have to do this thing, uh, and then they don't do the thing. And you know, courts are not in the business of letting people not do the things that they tell people to do. It's kind of like the foundation for the entire judicial system is when a court says you have to do something, you have to do that. Or you can appeal it and say why you shouldn't have to have to do it. But once it's all done, or if you didn't appeal it, like you you have to do the thing. So um, yeah, we had we had a few cases where they just they there was there were things that they were supposed to give to us. It wasn't even like, I mean, in some instances this was like the documents at issue in the case, like the things we sued to get, they were ordered to give us. And then they didn't give it to us when they were supposed to give it to us. And we had to file sanctions motions, but there were also like, if it's, if it is a, a quote, willful and intentional violation or otherwise in bad faith, if it's like they knew what they were doing was illegal and they did it anyway, then there's additional monetary penalties that accrue. And so we had a case where they, uh, where we were arguing that, where they were like, they were just doing these, there were delays and they were doing these blanket withholdings that they didn't have any legal basis for the courts had repeatedly rejected. And so, so we issued discovery. That's where you like, you know, you ask for documents, you serve written questions, you take depositions, that kind of stuff to try to figure out, okay, what, why did you think that you had any basis to be doing this thing? Or in an extreme case, and it's hard to find direct evidence of this, you knew that you had to do it, but you knew that this stuff made you look bad. And so you did, you just, that's what motivated you is you didn't want to be embarrassed or look bad by the information that was withheld. And so they were repeatedly ordered to turn stuff over to us as part of that, that they just repeatedly didn't do to the point where the court said, yeah, the sanction is that they cannot argue that it was not a willful violation. Uh, when I analyze uh, why uh, and mayors do what they do, and I have, we're talking three mayors now uh, in this area, Daly, Baby Daly, Richard M. Daly, uh, and uh, not to be confused with Daddy Daly. Some of my older listeners actually remember Daddy Daly, uh, and Rahm Emanuel and Lori Lightfoot. I always try to like figure out why they were re- so resistant to turning over information. I already gave, cited one example uh, that McDumkey and I uh, stumbled upon when we FOIA'd for all the uh, the analysis of the parking meter deal. Um, I I guess I, I guess they didn't want to reveal how in, inadequate their preparation was, unless of course they were concealing the real good stuff, which is always a possibility. Uh, I, I feel with Rom, it was just this arrogance. Like I know I'm allowed to know. You're not privileged to know, so I'm not going to give it to you. Uh, and with Lori Lightfoot, she's a corporate lawyer, and she views the world the way a corporate lawyer views the world. And information is knowledge, and if as long as I have it, I have an advantage over you. <laughs> Even if it makes like Anjanette Young, the way she dealt with Anjanette Young until public opinion forced her, we talked about that endlessly. Uh, that's my analysis of Daily Rom and uh, Lori when I deal with the why question. The why question being, why are you so resistant? to sharing with the public things that the public should already know. What's your analysis of, for their behavior? Hmm. Um, I, some of it is almost like a paranoia. I mean, if, if you're the mayor, you probably feel like a whole lot of people are constantly out to get you. 
right? Reporters are out to get you. Political opponents are out to get you. And you start to see things that aren't there. You start to see like things, you know, oh, this could really hurt me. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we represent someone in a case and the city fights and fights, and not just the city. I mean, pick whoever. They fight and fight and fight and you win. And then it's like, who even cares? This is stupid. This is like a nothing document. Nobody, nobody even cares. Why did you even bother to fight? Um, you know, I think, you know, it's when you have a bunch of lawyers sitting around ready to like fight for you not to release stuff, it gets really easy to start to see ways where maybe you don't have to release it. I think there's just that there's an underappreciation for, um, for how much people value transparency and that, and that in, in not recognizing that, like, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking for myself, but I think a lot of people would agree with this. I can forgive, like, if there's something that, like, okay, you clearly, like, what you did was bad judgment or I, I didn't like this that you did or whatever, but you were open about it, like, that's much more forgivable than you tried to hide it, right? It's like the, the cover-up being worse than the crime, that whole kind of thing. I, for whatever reason, like, most public officials are just not getting that like you you can if you're consistently open with people right then you'll you'll get some leeway when people don't agree with you they'll at least respect the fact that you are open with them i think some of it is almost a disdain for the public they're like a necessary evil like the only way i can get elected is if these morons vote for me but they don't really have any respect for them quote-unquote morons i mean it's sort of like you know it's an elitism kind of a kind of a thing so i don't know maybe that's some of it but i don't know maybe maybe my next gig i'll go get a phd into a in psychology and see if i can figure that i was out. gonna say this is uh this is dr freud country uh i i um chicago is such a cynical city in so many ways uh and part of the joy of covering chicago politics is watching the cynicism on display um so going back to laquan mcdonald uh, I remember when uh, finally the judge r- forced Rom to release the video, and across the board, uh, people were saying, "Oh, if he had released that video before the uh, 2015 mayoral election, uh, he would not have been reelected." That's why he concealed it. And and Matt, I'm like, that just shows you how <laughs> the, the mindset of Chicago, how cynical Chicagoans are. What do you mean? If he had done the right thing, he would have been punished. I disagree. I think had he very solemnly and respectfully released that video with like a warning, what you're about to see, and talked about how serious this was and how we had to deal with these age-old issues of police brutality, I think he would have he would have been ahead in the polls. But it's like to your point that you were making there's such a cynicism uh, at play in the city of Chicago that if like a mayor does the right thing, he'll get punished from. So politically speaking, the attitude is that it's wiser to do the wrong thing, which in this case is conceal information. Your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, it, I mean, I think you're, I, I think that you're right that if he released it, in the right, especially if he released it in the right way, um, I don't. I don't know that he would have. It would have. 
he would have lost the election. But I, I had, I, uh, would not be, I don't know what was in his head, but it wouldn't surprise me one bit. And I guess this is to your cynicism point. If he, that was his thinking. And at the end of the day, that's the thing that really matters, right? Like, did he, did he withhold it because he thought it would help him politically? I mean, don't underestimate that, like, the, the police department and the city as an entity, like, they are highly motivated to keep police misconduct secret already. They don't need Rahm Emanuel to tell them that, right? Like, they're already, I mean, and, and I, and, and, and this is, I'm going to get, this is a side point, but, you know, we, we keep track of who we sue the most and who we win against the most. And the worst offenders are consistently the Chicago Police Department and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Without, with, without a doubt, they, they are just they. So, so I just wanted to make that point that I even without Rom, I mean that, but but Rom certainly had the power to say, I want this to be released because that's what he ultimately did, right? I mean, and this this is to me the, I mean it's this is just a wild part about it. So we get the order saying the video's got to be released, and then they could have appealed that. I mean, we we, we actually made it very hard for them to appeal it. Like they, they, they were going to, they'd have to file like an emergency motion with the appellate court. It would have been really messy, but they could have. And I, I it's like, he thought if he thought that he was going to get some credit, the ship had sailed when the order came out And what was really, really just to me. And, and I, I hate to talk about the politics of this because a young man was murdered on the street. It's a, is it's oh, by the police. I mean, it's so I, but the 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 thing that he should have done would i mean it, we had a we had a hearing in the court and it, it to anyone paying attention who knew anything it was clear at the hearing he was going the judge was going to order the thing to be released but the ruling was scheduled for like 3 weeks later that was the window where you know if ron was the political mastermind he thinks he is that was the time to do it that, then he could have said you know what i i was i was listening to the lawyers and, you know, my lawyers were telling me, the city's lawyers were telling me that it would not have been appropriate to release this. But, you know, I paid attention to that hearing and I heard what was said and I've thought about this and I've thought about the, you know, all those things he later said about, you know, this tear to the eye about, you know, the talk that black parents have with their kids, you know, that, that uh, he, all those things, if he did it. But now it goes down is the, the it was in response to a court making them do it. And, and that just. I mean, it's talk about transparency. Uh, the way Rom's mind works, very transparent. So he needed the court to order him to release it, to give him cover for releasing it. Uh, and he clear and he as to an appeal, he finally figured, I gotta I gotta get this out. I'm gonna lose eventually. Uh, the more I drag it out, the worse it's gonna be when it's released. So I'm gonna cut the cord and try to get on the right side of this issue uh and so yeah that's my take on it and i think <laughs> the fact that uh i do not give many credit for not appealing it i'm sorry uh <laughs> the bar is so low on giving people credit in this city but that is just too low um but that's not the mayor you brought me here to talk about it no anyway. i know <laughs> but in many ways mayor Lori lightfoot was elected uh to discontinue those practices that was what her whole election inaugural address was about 
you know, it's going to be a new day and she chastised the city council and we're going to be open uh, and we're going to let in the light. As you said, you pointed out, uh, turn, apparently there was wiggle room in that, uh, but it was going to be a different administration. And as you point out, it wasn't a different administration, just like Biden's no different than Trump and Trump's no different than Obama and Obama's no different than Bush. And when people get that power, they want to use that power. And no matter what they led, led, I mean, can you imagine Mayor Matt Topic running the city of Chicago? (laughs) I think I would just have all my emails would just post online every night. Like, here you go. Here's here's every, here's here's the here are the minutes from every meeting I attended. Here's the agendas. Here's tomorrow's calendar. Here's all my emails from today. Here's all my text messages. And if, if you're not comfortable communicating with me, knowing that it's going to be public, then just don't communicate with me. Was there a point? It's easy for me to say. No, I know. Right. But uh, it's I don't see why anything's wrong with that, by the way. Uh, you know, it's weird. I mean, um uh, Gregory Pratt, we, he comes on the show. We uh, have fun going through the mayor's uh, text messages, which he FOIAs uh, for on a routine basis. Mayor Lightfoot's text messages. Uh, oh, my God. And I don't know if you saw that one. I don't think you're uh, Greg's lawyer, where uh, he was trying to get the text messages of exchanges between Lori Lightfoot and Kim Fox. And Lori Lightfoot uh, redacted a lot of the information in the text. So he just went to Kim Fox and she provided them. And it's like so freaking absurd. You know, there are two people on this exchange, Mayor Lightfoot. Did you ever think of that? Um, so, all right. Do you have any hope that it will be any different with Mayor Brandon Johnson? Okay. Uh, he's now one week into his term. Not even that. Uh, four days into his term. Do you have any hope? I mean, I... I... This is not specific to Johnson versus anybody else. I, I in, until I see something positive, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang on to that cynicism you were mentioning, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think that well, you know, it's another elected official, and I, I, I start from the assumption that we're gonna have to pull the documents out of them because that's been my experience. I would love to be wrong about that. I really, really would. Um, I can focus my attention elsewhere. If, if the, if the city stops withholding stuff, you know, I mean, it's, I'll go do something different, right. I'll focus. And I mean, we have cases all over, so I, I, there's plenty of other things I could do. I I will say that, um, and this is sort of a little ironic or I'm not quite quite sure what to make of this. So like mayor life had made a big deal about, we're going to be transparent and then didn't do anything. And like, one of the things we learned through some cases and through some FOIA requests and things is that she, she did not invest personally in FOIA at all. Like we deposed, we took a deposition of her FOIA officer and, and I asked, uh, how many times did you and the mayor talk about FOIA? And he said, I've only spoken to the mayor once. And what, what did you talk about? She was just reminding me about being uh, cautious about what gets put in writing. It's like, you couldn't make this up. Like, I mean, that, and that's so, like towards the end of the year. So this is the person who's implementing transparency policy for the mayor's office. It's just zero engagement. I also FOIA'd for, for, for any calendar entries referencing FOIA or transparency. And there was like two things. One of them was like, just, I don't know, it was some weird, it was like a vendor or something, probably trying to sell them some like expensive platform for processing FOIA requests. 
and the other was a, something very specific to uh, to the Anjanette Young case and those kinds of videos. That one like very specific thing. There was no like that was it. So there was no investment. So you know, fast forward, Mayor Johnson, no transition committee directed towards this at all. Um, lots of transition committees directed to different things. So, I mean, that, that isn't a, I mean, I, I'm not going to make anything of that yet because it didn't mean anything when Lightfoot included such a committee. Um, but it, you know, and you don't have to have a transition committee to be good at FOIA. So we will see. In fact, Ben, we will start to see next Monday. And the reason is because the FOIA response deadline is five days. And I am sure there are plenty of people who made FOIA requests on May 15th on inauguration day to get us moving. So now that those can be extended by an, by a week, which might put it out one more week. And, and if, if what we see is across the board, just lots of extensions, I would give them a bit of a pass as they settle in. Um, but within two weeks, we'll, we'll start to see, right. If, if, if what we see, if, if we, if we don't see something that a lot of instances that say, uh, we think this is exempt and we're allowed to withhold it, but we think it's important that it be public, so we're going to give it to you anyway. But that would be a sign of a commitment to transparency. If we don't see that, that you know, that would not be a great sign. I, um, I, I, I must admit, out of ignorance at this moment, I'm a little embarrassed. I don't even know who Brandon Johnson's corporation counsel is. I don't think one has been named yet. Okay, then I don't feel so bad. I'm like, uh, I could be the wrong. Po- uh, the point I was going to make is that most of the lawyers who worked in this, for the city uh, under Lori Lightfoot are now working for the city under Raina Johnson. And, um, you know, they don't transform all the lawyers overnight. So it's just a matter of their employees and their following instructions. Yeah, and they're not policymakers. Yes. I mean, they're there to implement the policy that comes down from the corporation council who's directed by the mayor. And if the, if the mayor says to the corporation council... And first of all, the, the mayor can control his or her or their own FOIA office and say, this is our policy. You know, what, one thing you can do is say, no FOIA request, get, unless it's for like a social security number or certain obvious things. If it's that deliberative process thing I mentioned or other things, no FOIA request gets denied without my personal okay. Right. I mean, that, that would be meaningful. Um, and I'm going to say to the corporation counsel's office, you tell all these departments that we're not going to defend them. When they, if they deny a FOIA request and we think there's a public interest in disclosing it, we're not going to defend them in court. We are going to, we're going to instead insist that the records be, uh, be released. So it's nothing against the, you know, the, the, the lawyers that are doing these cases for the city. I mean, they're doing their job as lawyers as they should be. It, this comes down from the top. Yeah, it comes down that, uh, that's what I always believe that I'm not going to relitigate, uh, Anjanette Young, but, uh, I, I always felt, uh, that exemplified that that those lawyers were just doing as told, and a and, and a directive uh, came down. And I and I look. I'll repeat this: um, Mayor Lori Lightfoot was a corporate lawyer, very successful corporate lawyer, and so she set the tone. And we'll see what Brandon Johnson does. I have no I, uh, uh, idea uh, idea what he's going to do on this front. You're absolutely correct. Uh, I will push back by in closing on one point you made which I push back every time someone says this. And so it's a lot of times my listeners have heard me on this point, but I'm going to say it. Uh, You said, I'm pretty cynical. And I would always correct people when they say that. 
You're not the cynic in that topic. When a mayor who campaigns on the message of bringing in the light shuts the curtain so there is no light, she's the cynic. She told the public what she knew they wanted to hear, knowing that she was never going to implement it. That's cynicism. A guy on the outside who watches one mayor after another break his or her promise after he allowed himself to get a little optimistic is jaded. You're a jaded observer. You're not a cynical observer, right? There you go. <laughs> I figured that out about 10 years ago, and I've been repeating it ever since. Because people always tell me, oh, Ben, you're so cynical. I'm, I'm not the cynical one. I didn't close 50 schools and say it's good for black kids. I didn't do that. Mayor Rahm did it. I didn't close clinics in high crime neighborhoods and said it's like this is good therapy for the people. Rahm did it. So don't blame me for his cynicism. Sorry, didn't mean to go there, Matt. You're like, oh, my God, don't get him started. Um, before I let you go, why don't you do some self-promotion? Uh, anybody out there listening wants to file a FOIA claim uh, to pry loose some information from government? Why don't you... Uh, Tell people how they can reach you. Go ahead, Matt. Sure. So I'm at a law firm called Lovey and Lovey. We're a civil rights law firm. Uh, I'll just go ahead and throw my email address. The best way to reach us is FOIA, F-O-I-A, at Lovey.com, L-O-E-V-Y. And we are always happy to talk FOIA at no cost to anybody. Uh, So don't be shy. Very good. Uh, Matt Topic, T-O-P-I-C is how you spell that last night name. All right, Matt, thank you very much for taking time uh, to come talk to me. And uh, let's check in with each other in about a couple months to see how Brandon Johnson is doing. Uh, Looking forward to it. Front. All right, that's Matt Topic. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.